Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Christmas is a season, not just a day. Christmas is an attitude. An attitude. Have an attitude of Christmas. Merry Christmas! Every day can be Merry Christmas, right? Yeah, the incarnation of Christ happens all the time, right? Happens all the time. Um, you know, the Christmas season is, is wonderful, and it's also kind of challenging. And you know, for for somebody that's in in the priesthood, um, you really wish that all those people that would show up on Christmas Eve, you know, because you know what I'm talking about, right? You've got a lot of people that come, and God bless them. Thank you. You know, that's what I'm going, thank you that you're here on Christmas Eve, and they also come on, on Easter Sunday, right? And, you know, the church is given a name, we call them C&E or priesters or things like that, you know, and, and God loves them, you know, and we love them, and, and I'm glad that they're here, you know, for that, and, but, but it's, kind of, it's kind of a shame that, you know, they, they only hear those lessons, and, and a lot of people who are with us on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day don't have the blessing of hearing John's Christmas story. That's what this is we hear today, John's Christmas story. Now, um, somebody somebody was here the other the other day. Um, you know, I, I I said to him, you know, it's really it's really good to see you, and and I'm, and I'm glad you're here today. And, you know, we we need you. God needs you. We need you in the army of the Lord. You know, and try to encourage them to 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 come more than just on Christmas and Easter. We need you. God wants you in the army of the Lord. And and the person leaned to me and said. Bill, I already am. I'm like, oh, you are? You're already in the army of the Lord? He goes, yeah, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> in the secret service. Well, God bless them. God bless them. You know, God bless them. But, but I think they missed this wonderful telling of the story of, of the incarnation, John's telling of the Christmas story. This reading is the prologue. It's the prologue to his gospel. In these first verses, he tells us what the rest of the story is about. What the rest of the story is about. The rest of the story is the fleshing out of these first few verses. These verses tell us who Jesus is. They tell us who this baby is. They tell us about God's love. About God's love. And they tell us what this baby is going to do for us. It's going to make us children. God, children of God. When you think about that, when you think about that, he's telling us that Jesus has been sent as the love of God. Remember Hallmark? Okay. If you care to send the very best, you know, and this is God before Hallmark saying, I love you so much, I'm going to send you my very best, my son, myself, because I want you to know I want you to know how much I love you, that I would send my very best. And Jesus in his life tries to show us that, that love of his Father. No one has seen God, but what we have seen is the Son, who is close to the Father's heart. So throughout the rest of the Gospel of John, you see Jesus loving people unconditionally, reaching out to those who don't know they're loved and, and going, no, you're loved too, come on. All the other things he's doing is all the truth that God has sent God's very best 
that God himself has come. And God does that because you are the beloved child of God. And that is the truth of this gospel. Now, I know sometimes, right, we might think, well, you know, maybe there's some conditionality there. Maybe there's some conditionality. Um, the story that I've heard, um, it's told various ways. Um, Charles Spurgeon, famous preacher of past years, um, was walking with, with, with a friend, and, and as they're walking along, they notice on, on top of this barn there was a, 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 one of those wind vanes. You know, usually it's a rooster, and there's like some things pointing directions, right? And when the wind blows, it kind of changes, and it shows you which, which direction the wind's blowing, right? You know what I'm talking about? You got it? You know, in some churches they go, amen! <laughs> but we're Episcopalians. <laughs> so we go right on. Yeah, there was a wind vane, and at the bottom of it, it said, God is love. And Spurgeon looked at that and thought, well, there's something that doesn't seem quite right about that, because, yeah, God is love, but it's on a wind, of, a wind vane. It seems to be that that's saying that, you know, God's love changes with the wind. Like, maybe in this time in my life, depending on which way the wind's blowing, God's loving me, and maybe it turns in the other direction, and I'm out of stream with God, and God's love isn't there for me. And the friend supposedly turned to, to Spurgeon and said, no, no, pastor, I think you're, I think you're misunderstanding that. Yeah, imagine that, priests and pastors getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're misunderstanding that. I think really what that's trying to say is that God's love is constant. No matter which way the wind blows, God loves you. God loves you. And, and I love that sense of the permanence of God's love and Jesus trying to come and as best he could with his life and his love and being with all of us, trying to show us this is the truth of God, that God loves you and God loves you. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God loves you. So I was thinking about this other illustration that somebody used once to, to try to show you what that's like. Susan, this didn't come out of your wallet. <laughs> I got this $20 bill. How much is this worth? 20 bucks. It's got a little piece torn off the end here. What's it worth? 20. Yeah, yeah, not $19.99, right? It's still 20 bucks, right? Now, what if I take it and I fold it in half? What's it worth? 20 bucks. Yeah, it's still 20 bucks, right? What if, I, what if I fold it up really, really small, you know, just kind of really squeeze it together? And now it's just this. What's it worth? 20 bucks, right? Has it changed? No, 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 no. It has got some wrinkles on it now. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. And then you take it and you kind of mash it all up. And right? Oh, gosh, don't do that to money. Right? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, now it's all kind of, boy, it's all messed up now. You want it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you would, huh? <laughs> yeah, now it's all wrinkled up, wrinkled, crinkled, folded over, and it's missing a piece on the end. Kind of like me. <laughs> kind of like me. Yeah, what's it worth? 20 bucks, right? You know, when you think about all the things that life does to us, knocks us down, folds us over, knocks pieces of us off, illness, we have pieces taken out on purpose, you know, but we're still worth what to God? Everything. Everything, okay? You get this stuck to the bottom of your shoe, walk all around Hazel with it, you know, and then you notice it's sticking to your heel and go, oh, thank God, it's not toilet paper. <laughs> and now it's dirty as anything, covered with all kinds of grime. And what's it worth? 20 bucks, right? And all you have to do is wash it, right? Wash, wash the dirt off. 
Okay? Good. Baptism, right? Forgiveness and cleansing of sin, right? And it's worth 20 bucks. The value never, ever, ever changes. Never, ever. And I think that's the thing that Jesus tried to come and tell us. No matter what we have done, no matter what we've gotten ourselves involved in, no matter how far over our heads we find ourselves, no matter what we've done or what's happened to us, God loves you unconditionally. Loves you unconditionally. Because this is what God does. And we see it through the rest of John's Gospel. Jesus trying as best he can to show us this is what God thinks of you. You are infinite value. Infinite value. Each one of you. Each one of you. See, the world will tell us something else. They'll tell us we're not worthy. They'll tell us that we are so broken and so sinful that we can't call upon our Father to bless us. Until, first of all, we get all cleaned up and nice and do the right things and say the right things and believe the right things and and grovel and wear a hair shirt and go on pilgrimage to Murphy and, you know, and all those things. And that's simply not true. Because God's love for you is an eternal love. It's always, always been true. See, Jesus tells us that as he is a son, through him, we are all children. Now, I remember when, when my, um, my oldest, Tally, is turning 25. She's a New Year's Eve baby. Really grateful. Susan had to, you know, do all the work. But really grateful that doctor came in on New Year's Eve and said, well, she's going to have to be born cesarean because, you know, she's breached and can't turn her around. You know, she backed into the world. And, and I remember after a few days, whatever it was, a week or something, um, I came with the car, and I'm taking my family home. And boy, does it become real. Okay? Boy, does that become real. When now it's going to be in your new home as a new couple, you've got this brand new baby, and we're driving home in the snow with this little thing. And I go, you know what? From now on, I'm dad. For the rest of my life and her life, I am her father. And she has all kinds of claims upon me that as her loving father, I must meet. See, we, we try to tell, maybe you've done this with yours as well. I think, it's, I think it's what God would have us do. And I know we do it our own ways. We've always told our kids, but I think God would tell us that no matter what you get yourself involved in, no matter what you've done or what's happened to you, call us. You'll always have someone who'll be at your side. You'll always have a home, a place to go. And I think that is the love of God being enacted in our own human way in that, that Jesus tells us that as a child of God, God's love is for you. And you and you and all of us. God's love is for us. For us always. And the response that you should expect from your parent is love. No matter what has happened to you or what you have done to yourself or to others, God loves you. 
And you can always, always, always turn to God and expect God to love you. Try to tell the kids that. Try to show them that. Try to teach them that. Right? That that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And that's what John is saying. You adopted children of God. God loves you. Let me show you. Let me show you. And that's his life. That's the rest of the gospel. That's him showing that. It also means that as a parent, we have an obligation and they have an expectation that we will protect them. We'll protect them. When they need protecting, when they need nurturing, when they need building back up, when they need those things, parents do that. Now, we might be disappointed with things that happen. We might remind them that more is expected, that they can do better. But mixed in with that, and maybe primary to that, is we, we tell them, I, I will protect you. I will provide for you. And Jesus tries to tell us that this is the Father he knows. This is the heart of God, a, a God who loves you without condition who has a responsibility to you as your parent now to love you as he loves his son, to provide for you as he provides for all his children, and to protect you from all harm. If you believe that, if you believe that, if you see the life of Jesus and what he's done, and he's showing us the heart of his father, he's showing you the heart of God, if you believe that, and you believe you're a child, you have every holy right to ask God to love you. Every holy right to ask God to show you God's love for you, to protect you from harm, as any parent would be required to protect their child. You have every holy right to call upon God to say, protect me from harm, and to provide for me the things that I need as your child. Maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you need a little practice with that. Most of us get up in the morning, and somewhere in the morning routine, we look at ourselves in a mirror. Hi, beautiful. <laughs> Good morning, sweetie. I love you. Maybe this is what you need to do. Here's your homework for the week. When you get home today, Write something on your mirror. Lipstick, dry erase marker, or just put a sticky note on, on your bathroom mirror. It says, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And when you get up each morning, and every time you go in to your bathroom and you see that, when you go to brush your teeth or whatever it is you do, look at that note you left for yourself. And say those words. I am a child of God. Believe it. It's the truth of what Jesus was telling us. You have a most merry Christmas. Amen. Amen. Amen.